You want to talk about obsessed. Tom Brady, a guy who we know what his diet is, Mm -hmm. we know what his regimen is, the exercise, all of the water that he drinks, the amount of preparation, the fact that his wife has kind of said to him, hey, when are you going to be more available to the family and the kids? Would you say that what he has in terms of the drive, and he's now talking about, hey, yeah, maybe I could play till I'm 50, Mm. healthy or unhealthy? (laughs) I'd have to have him in front of me, Brian, to assess (laughs) Oh, I bet you'd love that Tom Brady (laughs) Of you. Excuse me, Tom. You, know, you bring him in, I'll spend some time with Giselle. <laughs> Who's ready to cope on the couch with Courtney and Brian? Episode 70. Courtney, if you can believe that. 70? Yes. Whoa. <laughs> and by the way, welcome back. We had Ben DeCastro filling in oh, for you thank last you. week. Did I a heard very, you guys nice did job. a fantastic job. I'd like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, there's no bigger fan of me than me. <laughs> Courtney Kelly is a mental health therapist. I am Brian Mulhern. I'm a longtime mental health patient. And I think maybe everybody in the New England area could use a little therapy this weekend. As we record, it is October 1st. And on Sunday night, Tom Brady making his triumphant return to Gillette Stadium to take on the New England Patriots. And we're going to get into the whole sports thing here on a number of different levels. But before we dig really deep, The thing that fascinates me most about all of this is there is no one I know who is as detached from sports as Courtney (laughs) Kelly. And even you've been saying to me all week, I'm so nervous. (laughs) I'm really nervous about this game. Oh, What is it? It's strange. I really do think that I don't like it when people lose. And so somebody's got to lose, right? In a game like that, it's competitive. This is the point. Look at my life. Yeah. Somebody's got to lose constantly. (laughs) Somebody's got to lose. So it is the nature of it. But for some reason, I have a real hard time with that. And so just thinking about, oh my gosh, Tom Brady, people have so much invested in him because they've loved him for years on the Patriots, all of that he's done and he's so amazing. But look at the Patriots. Aren't we supposed to be siding with them? They're our home team and all of this. And I feel like that clash is so exciting, but nerve wracking to me. See, to me, it would be more nerve wracking if the Patriots were more competitive, Mm -hmm. because I don't think it's going to be a competitive game. Brady always rises to the challenge. He had an interview yesterday. His voice was sounding awfully hoarse and a lot of people are saying, well, maybe he's sick and that might help and Gronk might not be playing for Tampa because he got hurt last week and hasn't been practicing. And in terms of Brady sounding sick, people are wondering if Belichick's at it again, <laughs> sent some Navy SEALs to his house while he was asleep, injected him with something. Oh, that Belichick. <laughs> to maybe give the Patriots a chance. I have to be honest with you. Obviously, I am a Patriots fan and have been my whole life, but I'm such a huge Brady fan and I'm all about vindication and people being vindictive and sticking it especially to employers that didn't treat them well. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that the entire 20 years that was the case for the Patriots. But I think Bill Belichick let his ego get in the way. And at some point, he started to think that he was the reason that they were winning and he wouldn't give Tom that contract or the respect or the money that he deserved. So Tom said, fine, I'm going to leave. I'm going to win a Super Bowl. And then suddenly we see that Belichick is really not doing very well without Brady. And for years, that's always been the debate. Is it Brady? Is it Belichick? If you look at Belichick's record without Brady, not very good throughout his career. Patriots since the end of 2019, 10-25. What does Tom do? He goes to one of the worst franchises in the history of all of sports, and in his first year, he wins a Super Bowl. Unbelievable. Now, the thing for me is, 
this whole thing just kind of makes me melancholy. It's like seeing that ex-girlfriend out on the street that you still kind of have feelings for mm-hmm. and like, oh, what if? Yeah. And I still say that about Brady. He should still be there. They should still have kept what they had going. But there's nothing you can do about the past. That's what therapy has taught right. us. But this is a very long-winded way of saying, Courtney, you can tell how invested I am in sports. And some people are sports obsessed. That can be a good thing. Mm-hmm. But as with all things, too much of anything is also right. not very good. There is a line when it comes to that. And especially when you start talking about things like gambling, mm-hmm. because that not only impacts the party who is behaving in certain ways, it also affects the people around them. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, has this been heightened with this game coming up with right. what you do? And do you run into a lot of people who do have unhealthy obsessions with things like sports? Mm-hmm. Well, that's so true. Before I go and address that, I just wanted to say, I do feel badly because I think you have, what did Carla say? You have a man crush on the guy from Jeopardy? <laughs> Matt Amodio? Yeah, yes. See, that's the competitor in me too. Yes. That's become a sport to me. I can't miss this guy. Right. As we record, last night he tied James Holzhauer's record wow. for number two most games on Jeopardy. He's trying to break that with tonight's episode, right. which of course has already been taped. But yeah, I get so wrapped up in stuff like this. These people that I don't know. Yeah. And and Matt Amodio is the reason why I'm watching Jeopardy every single night. Yeah, and DVRing it when you're not around. That's right. Yeah. And I was going to say, much like probably how much you love to watch Tom Brady, mm-hmm. another Same man thing. crush, you know? So. I've got all kinds of man crushes. <laughs> Believe you me, I've got some female crushes as well. So I'm saying, if you need some processing time with that, Brian, I can help you with that. Well, I know you said you were feeling some sadness. Yes. Can you imagine if the game goes sideways on Sunday yes. and Matt Amodio oh! loses? You better Please clear some space that. on your couch. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to show up for work next week. If that happens, it'll be awful. Well, it's funny because I will say this, Courtney. Growing up, I really did have a problem. Mm -hmm. Now, when I was younger, Boston was not this championship city. It was a bunch of lovable losers other than the Celtics. The Celtics had that Larry Bird run that I could enjoy, but being a baseball fan with the Red Sox not having won since 1918, the crushing blow of the Bucky Dent game in 1978, Bill Buckner with the ball through the legs in 1986, it really heightened my interest, and you know how I have OCD tendencies. Mm -hmm. I got to a point where I really did feel like I could not miss any game, and not only that, things would happen like the players would go on strike, Mm -hmm. and the owners would use replacement players, and not only would I still have to see those, those were spring training games, this was in the mid-90s, if I was missing those games, of all these like UPS drivers and restaurant workers who were playing for the team, I would have to record them to watch later. It got to a point where I was dating a girl at the time, and if she wanted to go out, I'd say, I'm sorry, Roger Clemens is starting tonight, so I really want to see that game. So you could see where that started to go. The comparison that I will draw for anybody who has seen it is the movie Fever Pitch Mm -hmm. by the Farrelly Brothers, which they made during the 2004 championship run of the Red Sox. Ironically, it wasn't planned that way. As a matter of fact, at the end of the movie, the Red Sox were supposed to lose. But because things went the way that they went, they rewrote the whole thing. But the Jimmy Fallon character in that movie Mm -hmm. was me. And sometimes, even though I do like that movie, I watch 
shit and I get uncomfortable. The good news is, since the Patriots have gone on their run, Mm -hmm. since the Red Sox have finally won multiple World Series, it's been a huge albatross off of my back. I haven't felt like it's life and death. I might miss that thing, Mm -hmm. that great thing that's going to happen. It's that FOMO thing. Yeah, it is. I'll even tell you how bad it got. I was reminded of this last night reading a book about somebody who did some journaling. I did journaling for 10 years from the ages of 20 to 30 because it was a very confusing time in my development. If you Mm -hmm. think about that, you're coming out of your teens, you're trying to figure out what to do as an adult. I was having some relationship issues and I had so many dreams that I wanted to accomplish and it was probably the most interesting 10 years of my life. But one of the sick things about that 10 years is I would write in my journal every day and every single day I would write down every single detail about every Red Sox game that I watched. And not only that, I would take the clippings from the sports pages, cut them out, staple them together, and shove them in the journal because I said, can you imagine if I save all of the articles from the year that the Red Sox win the World Series to have that? And I mean, Courtney, this obsession was off the charts. It would take me hours every night to do this. And that same girlfriend Mm -hmm. who was kind of a widow to me watching all of these sports also had to sit around while I'm doing all of these other crazy things related to it. So this is what what we're talking about, yeah. about how things can become an unhealthy obsession. And incidentally, this was something that started as a release for me, a good thing, a distraction. Mm-hmm. But because of my personality, it got out of control. Yeah. And this is another reason why even growing up too, I was always afraid because I know how much I get into things. Am I going to become an alcoholic? If I drink alcohol, am I going to mm-hmm. love it so much that I'm going to need more and more and more and more? And you do when you have OCD. It's something that you have to try to manage every single day. And it's a struggle. Right. It's a big struggle. And I'm glad that you were able to pull back on that. And when you had asked me earlier, if I have dealt with clients who have had sports addiction, not sports addiction per se, I work with people with a lot of different addictions, but gambling, I've worked Mm -hmm. with people on that too. And there's some great resources I just wanted to throw out there. Smartrecovery.org. They do a lot of CBT, which is the cognitive behavioral therapy, changing your thoughts so you can change your feelings, change your behaviors. They do a lot of work around that for addictions. So that's a great resource and also Gamblers Anonymous and 1-800-GAMBLER if you're having any issues with gambling or you feel like you are or after we discuss this today that you are feeling like you need some help around that. But yeah, it's interesting with the sports addiction Like you were saying, and just like we say this all the time, if it starts to interfere with your functioning, then it's something to look at. And with any addiction, if it's starting to interfere with your relationships, just like you had said, Mm -hmm. the time that you could say, oh, no, I forgot what the guy you said was pitching that. Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens, yeah. (laughs) Bucky Dent jumped in my head, but I think that was from previous, Oh, you mean Bucky effing Dent? Oh, (laughs) sorry to bring up sore subjects. That's the wrong team. (laughs) Sore subjects, sorry. And also the wrong team. So if it's starting to have issues with say money issues, maybe you're spending too much money on things or it's the gambling, the time consuming of your time, like you said, with the memorabilia and with the articles and all of these things that can really start to consume you. So it's looking at that and saying, is there some kind of balance with this? Of course, during certain sports seasons, people get really into it and they put more time into that. But is it working in your life? Is it causing more stress in other areas? And are you also not focused on some of the priority things in your life? You're letting those go because you're so focused in on the games. Courtney, I didn't know 
how crazy I was. And even as I'm thinking back to it, I had this thing where I was obsessed in my 20s. I had to make sure that I went to at least one Red Sox game a month at Fenway Park. Mm -hmm. And I would have a calendar where I would write every single score of every single game down. There's 162 of these. Plus, I do spring training. Plus, I would do the postseason. Plus, I would circle the number of the games that I was at. Plus, I would save all of my tickets. It was nuts. Now, the good news is I've never had a proclivity for gambling because I am life's loser and I know what's going to happen. Oh, I'm I the guy you're going to say you're cheap. Well, there's that too. I am my father's son. But I go to a casino with 20 bucks. Within five minutes, I have nothing. So I'm like, I'm done. I'm mm-hmm. not doing anything else. But where I get that and where I get having some skin in the game intensifies the excitement is for a time, I did fantasy sports oh. and it was the worst thing for me that you could possibly imagine mm-hmm. for several reasons. Now, first of all, because I'm obsessive compulsive, if I was out somewhere and if I found out a player was injured, and again with this same girl, I'd be frantically calling this my poor father, girl. Dad. <laughs> this was my first wife. <laughs> which, by the way, speaking of which, part of our honeymoon, we went to spring training. Ah, so you can see why. She's like, oh, can we ever get away from it? <laughs> no, she couldn't. She couldn't yeah. escape it. But I'd be out. I'd have my fantasy team all set. Then I'd find out somebody was injured. I'd be like, hang on a second. I'd have to call my father. All right, Dad, sign into the computer. Here's my password. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this guy out of the outfield, put this other guy in. And this poor woman was just like, oh, my God, was driving her crazy. (laughs) And not only that, Courtney, you know how competitive I am. Mm -hmm. I would be in leagues with really good friends. And if I was playing one of my best friends and he was beating me and I was getting razzed for it, it just started to consume me and upset me so much. And then it got to the point, and this is when I realized that fantasy sports was a problem and I had to stop it. Mm-hmm. I was working at another radio station at the time, and I recall I was going in every morning, and the first thing I was doing was not saying, okay, what happened in the world last night? What are we going to be talking about today? I was signing on to check all of my fantasy players to see what kind of night that they had. Yeah. And after a while, I said, I'm not enjoying this. <laughs> this isn't fun. Right? By the way, I also never won any of the leagues, so again, <laughs> I'm technically losing money on the whole thing. But I haven't thought about this in years, Courtney. And when I really look back on it, I see how truly sick I was. You were very consumed, it sounds like. And you mentioned a really good thing. We get into things, and especially with addiction, things happen where it's for the pleasure of it. And then it's pleasure with problems. Then it just becomes problems. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Problems on top of problems. (laughs) Yeah. Because like for you, like you said, it wasn't fun anymore. At one point, it was just like, this is like a job. I have to do this. And with your OCD, it's like you felt that compulsion to have to keep checking. You were obsessive about it and you had the compulsion. I have to keep checking. I have to know. I have to stay on top of it. All of these things. And so it really kind of escalated it all, it sounds like. And here's the problem, too, because I was reading an article the other day about smoking and how people quit smoking and they automatically knee-jerk replace it with something Mm -hmm. else unhealthy. I remember my mom quit smoking and then right away started eating and then put on a lot of weight and she had never been heavy in her entire life. So then that became the battle. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that once I would replace my sports addiction, because what it was doing was distracting from the other problems that I was having in life and also my tendency toward depression and anxiety and everything else. So then I would have to move on to something else. Maybe I started dating a girl and I talked about relationships that didn't work out and I would start obsessing about the breakup and obsessing about the girl and why wasn't it working and can I get her back and all of those other things. Now that's moved on to, and you yell at me very often, (laughs) 
how hard that I work and how much I right. put into that. I always have that little piece of me mm-hmm. where I need to be hyper-focused on something, something. Yeah. or I feel like I can't function. Now, again, I've been in therapy for years and this is why you have to stay. And I've made strides, but I also know I still have a long way to go. And I still know that when Matt Amodio goes off of Jeopardy, I'm going to really be upset oh. for a full day. And Carla it's weird. better give me a heads up. She's going to call me <laughs> like, yeah, I have to let you know. (laughs) Although I will tell you, she's been making fun of me, but somebody's been poking her head in Uh, every once in a while. How's he doing tonight all of a sudden? Uh I think she's getting invested in it because. My God, she's falling in love with (laughs) Matamonia. I was going to say, maybe she has a crush on him too. Everybody loves Matt. I'm going to lose her. I'm obsessed about that. Pat's going to get their butts kicked this Sunday. My My whole life is falling apart. Terrible. (laughs) This is an interesting discussion because, like you said, now you can look back and see where it really consumed you and why and how those behaviors, like you said, it would start it as one thing, and then you'd try to use that as a distraction from something else that was distressing, but then that became the distressing thing. So it is something that we really have to watch when we start to put an exorbitant amount of time in certain things. We need to check ourselves. And here's the other problem, too, with the obsession. You have it in your mind, this is the thing that has to bring me joy. Mm. And especially when it comes to professional sports, only one team is going to win out of 30 or whatever it mm-hmm. is in the league, and you go through droughts like the Red Sox from 1918 to 2004, I just kept setting myself up for disappointment over and over and over again. When I tell you, when that Bill Buckner thing happened in 1986, I was a disaster Mm. for six months. It was all I could think about. And I just kept thinking, because they talked about the curse of the Bambino back then. Oh my God, they're never going to win. I'm going to die and they're not going to have a championship. And you start getting inside your head about stuff like that. And that's where I have to try to find things to keep me in the moment, to keep me happy, Mm -hmm. to not let these things that in the grand scheme don't really mean anything. Mm -hmm. And all I have to do now too is look back at 1986 and how, because they've won so many championships, it's really not that big a deal. But to me, in the moment, it was life and death. Oh yeah, it was huge. And I also have to try to keep my happiness or what I assign my happiness to in check to this Mm -hmm. day. It's an ongoing battle. Right. Because like you said, once you realize that it's like, oh, is this really giving me joy? It's supposed to. You thought it would, and that's why you're fighting so hard for it. But yet, in reality, is it? I think we do in all different areas of our life. We have to stop and say, am I just doing this routine, like automatic? Is this just something that is just habit over habit over habit? Is this bringing anything into my world? Now, I did love how you talked about hope. I think that's a really important thing. You did have hope a lot of times, Mm -hmm. but the problem was... I have no control over it, too. That's the other problem. So it's like you're invested, but it's nothing you can control. So it's like, how do you kind of step back and look at it from a different perspective, a different lens and say, how do I enjoy the process? How do I have hope for the team, but yet not take that on because you don't have any control over it. And I think that's the thing that people, it drives them crazy. And I think a lot of people get stuck in this trap. If I could only have this, I will finally be happy. Mm -hmm. And then many times you get that thing. And when you get there, you're like, well, this isn't as good as I thought it was going to be. And the other problem that I have that I've mentioned in the past is when something great happens to me, I have this rush of euphoria. Mm -hmm. When the Red Sox finally won the World Series in 2004, that night I'm on my living room floor. I'm sobbing tears of joy. I feel this huge monkey off my back. And the next I'm like, all right, well, now what? But the problem is, 
when something horrible happens to me, mm-hmm. like the ball going through Buckner's legs mm-hmm. and the Red Sox ultimately losing something they so should have won, it consumes me for months. Mm-hmm. Like I said, six months, I was a mess. And then you start saying to yourself, you get into this cycle, well, I guess I'm never going to be happy because no matter what I achieve, it's not going to be lasting euphoria and joy. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a split second and now I'm on to the next thing. Whereas if I get hit by a Mack truck emotionally, mm-hmm. it's going to take me forever to recover if I ever do. Mm-hmm. And again, what you achieve, but you can't achieve that because that's what they're doing <laughs> So right. you know, with the game. So it's really refocusing on, okay, what do I need to do for me that I have some control over that I can actually break it down and do for me that I can get some control back, that I can feel better about things. Now, I think the big problem is, and you've touched on it a little bit, but I would like for you to explore it a little bit more. Courtney, I'm looking back at this younger version of myself and seeing how sick I was. But in that moment, I had no idea right. that I was sick. To me, this was perfectly normal. Mm-hmm. I was doing something healthy for myself. I had an interest. I had a hobby. It was distracting me maybe from some other things. What are some of the warning signs, mm-hmm. hardcore warning signs that you might be having a problem with something that you think is bringing you joy? With any kind of thing that's addiction or unhealthy, if it starts to consume you. But sometimes, like you're saying, you don't realize that. You don't see the signs because you run it through your filter that says, hey, this is just what I've always done and I'm cultivating this interest. So I think it's important to check in with the people who are closest to you. Check in with your friend. Check in with, at the time, your girlfriend or your wife. Check in with the people who are closest to you and maybe get that reality check to see, hey, I have a lot of fun with this. This is great for me. I love it. How is it for you and what's your experience of it? They may have some things to say. It may be a little jarring, but for you to kind of take it in, to consider that this could be something to start to maybe put some checks on. The other thing is, too, if you do see that you're not prioritizing certain things in your life that need to be prioritized, or maybe you're having some issues at work, or like I said, with relationships, or your time is always consumed with that, and you never have time to do the things that you think you would want to do, like spend time with your family or friends, but yet you're just so focused on this thing, step back and say, what if I actually did what we would call a little harm reduction? Like, what if I started to reduce some of the time that I was spending on this? What would that do? If you start to panic or not feel well, then maybe there's something there. Like you had said, if you had actually started to step back and notice like, oh, this is really hard to step back. Why is it so hard to step back? Why does this have a grip on me <laughs> yeah, like it does? Because this is just a game, right? This is supposed to be for fun, but yet I'm so invested in it that I can't even consider taking one day off from it. Does that give you pause to say, hmm, let me think on that? In the movie Fever Pitch, Jimmy Fallon is finally convinced by Drew Barrymore to take one game off and he does and they have this amazing night Mm. and then as it's finishing and he's getting ready to go to bed his phone rings and it's his friends who are at the Red Sox game oh my god did you say that And it puts him into such a downward spiral, it affects the relationship. The two of them had a great night, and Mm -hmm. she's on this high, and then she gets immediately dragged back down. To speak to some of the advice that you just gave, here's where you can run into problems, and maybe you can speak to these. At the time that I was so sports-obsessed, sometimes I would be with my girlfriend, eventual wife, eventual ex-wife, and say, what's wrong? I can tell something's wrong. Nothing. She was the kind of person that didn't 
didn't like confrontation. Mm-hmm. So even if I was looking for help, she wouldn't give it to me. Right. The other problem is too, and I have a recent example of this, when you do have a problem like this and the people in your life want to help you, I know somebody who was struggling with alcohol and there was an intervention by the family. Mm-hmm. And you know what happened? That person said, I don't have a problem. Shut him or herself mm-hmm. off from the family. You need to be open to these suggestions. Mm-hmm. When you start to hear these rumblings, if you're hearing them multiple times from different people, there's smoke, which is going to lead to a fire right. for sure. And that's the thing. They have to be trusted people. Your closest confidants might just be a couple of people. Now, um, I trusted my girlfriend, and, <laughs> but again, she right. was reluctant. Well, I mean, we were young. That yeah. was part of the problem. But the thing is, too, I mean, did you say to her, are you upset about me not spending enough time with you? I was, was so oblivious. I was just yeah. like, doop de doo cruising along mm-hmm. in life. I said, is something bothering you? You having a bad day? No, no, I'm fine. Well, what's wrong? No, I can tell there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. No, Brian, I'm fine. And then I'm like, okay, well, this is turning into a fight. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to walk away and I'm just right. going to assume she's fine. I'll take her word for it. And then the next thing I know, we talk about that when you bury stuff. One night mm-hmm. she was just like, Wah! And you're like, whoa, where's this all coming from? And then things were so far out of control, there was no putting the toothpaste back in the tube. And it's tough because communication is on both sides. And sometimes we offer things to people. And I always think about it as you're planting seeds. They might not be able to take that in right now. But down the road, something might click and they're saying, oh, wait a minute. And the effect on other people and like, oh, I haven't had time for doing all these things that I wanted to do. And I'm so focused in on one thing. And they may remember some of the things that were said along the way. And it could help them to start to see things in a different way. Really, if it's supportive and loving, and if you do feel like, oh, well, maybe I'm a little bit over the edge, but let me just ask specifically Mm -hmm. to someone about it and see what feedback you get. But it can be tough on both sides because sometimes we offer the feedback and I say lovingly, let's not yell and be like, you know what? I'm so sick of this, that, and the other. Because that puts people on the defensive, but just being like, hey, I'm a little concerned. Or, hey, let's go out to eat, but I know you keep saying you have to watch your game. Could we just take the night off? And like that with the movie and hopefully the friends don't call and say you missed a bunch of stuff. But it is, it is a tough thing. And I think with the sports, this is such like a community, right? You feel you're bonded with other people around it. There's a lot of good things about being a big sports fan, but sometimes it can go over the edge, especially if it goes into the gambling piece too. Mm -hmm. That can be something significant that people can have an issue with. And that's where it really can get a hold on your life too. Lastly, to put a big giant bow Mm -hmm. on the Patriots Brady thing, Let me ask you this question. You want to talk about obsessed. Tom Brady, a guy who we know what his diet is, Mm -hmm. we know what his regimen is, the exercise, all of the water that he drinks, the amount of preparation, the amount of work that he puts in, the fact that his wife has kind of said to him, hey, at times, when are you going to be more available to the family and the kids? Would you say that what he has in terms of the drive that he is exhibiting and has for his entire career, and he's now talking about, hey, yeah, maybe I could play till I'm 50. Healthy or unhealthy? <laughs> I'd have to have him in front of me, Brian, to assess <laughs> Oh, him. I bet you'd let that Tom Brady in front of you. <laughs> Excuse me, Tom. You, know, you bring him in, I'll spend some time with Giselle. <laughs> Calling Mr. Brady. <laughs> well, the thing is, again, it goes to how is this functioning? Is he able to balance his life? I mean, he definitely is obsessed in certain ways. I mean, to get to where he is and to be as successful as he is at that age doing what he does, he's got to be over the top in some areas, right? I oh, mean, I'm sure. Yeah. Like it's you borderline s- annoying. Yeah, right. And I did 
did see an article about how he was saying like, oh, I could play to 50. Yeah. What does Giselle say about that? <laughs> well, that's like, what oh, I mean. Yeah. And that's the problem. And she did chirp a little bit while he was with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And he at times wasn't going to OTAs, which is a preseason thing, because he used the excuse that Giselle said, I'm not spending enough time with the family. Yeah. Now, I really think what was behind that was he was upset with Belichick because Belichick wasn't giving him a contract and he might have been using that as an excuse. Mm-hmm. But there may have been some truth yeah. to that, too. And that's where you start to see. I'm sure behind the scenes, they sit down and they're kind of hammering out things. She seems like she's pretty straightforward, saying, okay, well, this is what you need to do. And so he probably works it out so that he makes sure that he has quality time with the family. And then he's doing this, he's doing this. And their lifestyle can afford a lot of things. Having all of that money. Well, yeah. <laughs> is a she's a things. billionaire supermodel. <laughs> yeah. The thing that people don't realize is her net worth is way more than his. Isn't that wild? I know. It's crazy. Oh, my gosh. Those two, man. <laughs> is that I know. fair at all? Is it wrong? <laughs> I want to hate them, but I can't. Oh, my gosh. That's so unfair. Oh, now I'm not nervous. I'm sad. Now, Brian, oh, thanks. Geez. We get up at 3.30 in the morning and drive to South Providence for anybody who knows the area. The bleep is going wrong with us. Oh, my gosh. So I think that he's over the top in a bunch of areas, I'm sure, to be that successful in that way. I mean, he's just an enigma. I mean, he's just unbelievable. However, he does seem to be functioning well in his areas, and I'm sure Giselle will tell him if he's not. <laughs> well, the bottom line is you got to find the balance. Yeah, you got to find the balance. What it is, yeah. and hopefully he has that balance. And if he doesn't, he has Super Bowl rings and perhaps even more than that. Exactly. Well, Courtney, a very interesting discussion, quite cathartic mm-hmm. for me. And I certainly hope there are other people who are listening, and whether it's sports or whether yeah. it's drinking or anything else, where you're just like, oh, geez. Yeah. Listen to how nuts this guy is. Hey, wait a minute. Am I nuts in the same way in other areas about this one thing that I obsess right. about? And Ask I, yourself that question. Using mindfulness, being aware, just being aware aware of how that's affecting your world, how it's affecting other people, how it's affecting your mind mm-hmm. and your functioning. And so that's really important, too, is if you have any concerns around that, just that awareness of stopping, because we're so on this treadmill of life. A lot of times we don't have that awareness. We're just doing, 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 doing. Sometimes we have to stop and be, Brian. We're human beings, not human doings. We have Ooh. to just stop and be. Look at you. And just be aware. Going to be on the coping on the couch coffee mug. <laughs> Hey, you know, hopefully we can find some people who become that obsessed with coping with on us. the couch yeah, with Courtney exactly. and Brian. Exactly. You want to talk about us monetizing some stuff over here? Put it on a cup. We'll have Courtney as the billionaire supermodel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, Don't yeah. expect me to be eating avocado ice cream. <laughs> Courtney, if anybody has any questions or concerns for you, how can mm-hmm. they reach out? You can reach me at wellness at wctk.com. You can also go to our website. We have great resources, catcountry.com, the Wellness Wednesday page. We have wonderful episodes that we do each week on a mental health topic and we also have resources. And then of course the socials at Cat Country Mornings individual pages. Courtney Kelly that is Courtney with a C, E-Y for Kelly and Courtney Kelly Bedard. I'm Brian Mulhern, Brian with an I and that's H-E-R-N for Mulhern. Don't forget about this podcast. Tell your friends. You can hear it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can even use a smart device. We are everywhere. Just use the Google for something like that. Courtney, relax. Enjoy the game on Sunday. I know you're going to be in bed. I know, I'll <laughs> but I'll tell you all about it on Monday. <laughs> I'll be in crazy OCD form and maybe a little bit tuckered You'll out. You'll be but... taking notes. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, don't worry about it. I'll be journaling again. Yes. I'll be cutting out all the clippings. I'll be like, oh, I'm back up on the horse. I'll be like, Brian, I just need the score. That's all. I don't need the rest of the play-by-play. All right, if I survive the weekend, we'll see you for episode 71. Thanks for coping on the couch with Courtney and Brian. Thank you. I want to